Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This uh, headline from Beckett Adams in the Examiner caught my eye today. We're well past the point of urging the press to do better. Something is seriously wrong. That after a couple of giant stories in the last four days that everybody went crazy with and turned out to be completely wrong. And a related headline from Beckett. The irony of the media going all in on a selectively edited video from the March for Life. T. Beckett, Adams commentary writer for the Washington Examiner, joins us now. Beckett, how are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, it's always our pleasure. I have about as much hope for the mainstream media as I do for conservatism in Berkeley, California. But um, <laughs> I'd be interested to hear your perspective from the belly of the beast. Why so? Uh, why so glum? Well, here's the thing: is that the the free press in the United States has always been a political animal. Its its members for decades and decades have always pulled for one political party or another. Sometimes more outright, sometimes uh, more subtly. But where we are now is beyond sort of the newspaper endorsing a candidate or uh, a newspaper condemning one party. This has descended, uh, our, our national newsrooms have descended into sort of hyper-partisan culture war battles where, you know, up is down, white is black, and truth doesn't matter. What matters is getting the victory. So we had these two big stories. We had the BuzzFeed report, which claimed that Trump directed Cohen to lie to Congress obviously a crime. And then we had the story about these teens out of Kentucky who supposedly berated, abused, and harassed an elderly Native American protester. There was not a moment's hesitation among our largest, most powerful newsrooms and some of the biggest reporters and most famous pundits who both uh, both of these newsrooms and the pundits just grabbed these stories. I mean, they sunk their teeth into it and they ran with it. There wasn't, there was not so much as uh, this moment where people say, well, these are some interesting allegations. 
is there any sort of corroboration? The problem is these stories so perfectly fit into preconceived notions and worldviews about uh, opposing sites in the culture war that they ran with these stories. And later it turns out uh, special counsel Mueller's team came out and disputed the buzz. Right, story. right. We, we've, we've covered all that, and we I think we're right. everybody's up to date on the stories that came out and how they turned out. But the, the, the greater overarching picture of, you know, something needs to be done, what is wrong? I'm just wondering... There has to be a um, there has to be some sort of push. What would be the mechanism that would push back for for all sides right now? If your audience loves these stories so much, I'm not sure they care if you get it wrong. Ah, dang it! I was hoping that would true tur- was true. Turned out it wasn't. Tell me the next exciting right. story. What you know? What's the downside to doing that? Right. That's that's exactly the thing. It's the sort of self righteousness we get from so many in the press when they screw up a story. Well, at least we try to hold ourselves accountable. It's important to recognize that the Covington story was less than 24 hours after the BuzzFeed screw up. There, there was not even, they didn't even take a break before moving <laughs> on to the next thing. And the other thing, the other main thing that I think is being lost on people is that these weren't big, uh, complicated mistakes. There were obvious red flags in both stories from the get-go, That which is why I actually, this is funny, myself and my colleagues, stayed away from both the BuzzFeed story and the Covington story until we had more information. Because the way that they were both initially reported and the claims were being made, there wasn't enough proof for that and here we are it turns out later like oh i'm glad i held off on this what i don't understand are these institutions with their bodies and bodies of fact checkers there was not even a, a moment to wait yeah and but like here's, just mentioned, but here's the problem i get what's the going to be the correcting mechanism as i said the the P, I, there I, is none give jo- up well exactly jo- joe and i are in he's right joe and i are in joe and i are in your camp where we try to like if that sounds fishy let's wait and see or do some research i'm not i i think there's more money more viewers, more clicks, more eyeballs, more ears, and just going with whatever serves your side. That seems, and you know, Jill Abramsman, uh, she's got a new book out. She was the editor of the New York Times. She's come out and said the New York Times is doing better than ever um, with subscribers and everything like that. While they have lost their way, they now have opinion in their news stories. Hi, so what's the correcting mechanism? They're making more money this way than they were the old way. So I'm two. I'm two minds on this. One is that at some point. I think there will be a sort of countermeasure. There's always a counteraction to super sort of cultural movements. Right now, I think we're in the middle of a cultural movement where newspapers have decided that they are in the business of resisting and not in the business of reporting. At some point, I like to think that the pendulum is going to swing back because I hope my my hope is that the like uh, overeating the press uh, the public will eventually feel like it has gorged itself on nonsense and wants to return to just a plain, simple, tidy diet of just fact reporting. I'm not sure overeating is the best uh, example you to use. Have you ever been to, a mall? <laughs> no, been to really Walmart recently? <laughs> but that's really what this is. It's gorging yeah. on like partisan operative behavior. Yes, but you the said the pendulum is going to swing is, back is, like it was eating, and it hasn't. <laughs> right. You just keep getting right. fatter. Well, <laughs> the other mind that I am is that I kind of feel like maybe it's time to go full Colonel Kurtz on this and just burn all the old institutions to the ground and rely on uh, on, no, on the ground independent reporters because I feel like the old institutions are so yeah. broken down. These old dinosaur networks are, are so entrenched that I go. don't know if you can come back from this. No, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, Beckett Adams is a commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. I, you know, I, I think the pendulum, if it's going to swing back to calm, reasonable, uh, cheery reporting, will do so when there's a progressive president. <laughs> And I think they'll they'll rediscover their uh, you know their their even handed tone and the rest of it. I just but it'll I, be desperate just... times call for desperate measures and media is desperate right now. So you're seeing them do desperate things. 
Mm-hmm. I think that's part of the issue, too, is that a lot of the reporting that's going on is directly proportionate to the tone from the White House. That seems natural to me, but this is also part of the reason why I avoid uh, the calls to join these sort of uh, uh, unions of civility and let's have a band of civility where left and right reach across the aisle and we will stand together. Because I am pretty certain that that will last for exactly four or eight years before people go back to being in a coma and not caring about what the executive is doing. I'm in a band called Unions of Civility. We play all to- uh, Captain and Tennille covers. That's, That's all we do. It's, it's, it's very better mellow. Better than it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I just, so are you hopeful or hopeless? I'm hopeless. I'm completely hopeless that this is going to get better anytime soon. Uh, I'm hopeless. Uh, I thought it would actually take a bit longer for the press to go from scrounging through a Supreme Court nominee's yearbook for uh, proof of wrongdoing to scrounging through random teenagers from Kentucky's yearbook for proof of wrongdoing. Wow. It happened in about wow. two or three months, but here well, we are. Well said. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, Beckett, uh, a different topic. It strikes us in taking in the the media over the last, well, say from Friday to today, a real change in tone, even among the left-leaning media, about the whole shutdown controversy. And we're hearing a lot more, boy, both sides look terrible, uh, commentary, even from the CNNs and MSNBCs signaling perhaps a, uh, a coming to the table in the offing. I think there might be some of that. I think Trump's address on Saturday kind of moved the needle, not necessarily in his favor, but away from Democrats' favor. And he offered temporary protections for dreamers in return for funding. And I think it's not being lost on people that the holdup here is that he's asking for funding. And they are refusing to come to the table so far as to, to you know, turn down an invitation to come to the White House for lunch to discuss it. Uh, which is funny because later they backtracked, Democratic leaders backtracked, saying, well, he didn't specify what he wanted to talk about. Well, what else do you think he wanted to talk about? <laughs> so I think a lot of this, it is interesting. I think the, the cards are still in the Democrats' favor because the longer this goes on, it does hurt Trump, who did claim responsibility for it before it even happened, if you recall, in that, that Oval Office meeting. So it, it is to their benefit to stretch this out, but I do believe that some of it's shifting away because it just keeps going on, and it's clear that both sides aren't budging. And that will only benefit one side for so long before people just say, both of you, you know, if you don't stop this fighting right now, I'm going to turn this car around. <laughs> you know, I love you, Beckett, and I love your writing, but the whole uh, Trump said in advance he'd take responsibility thing I think is overrated. That is, that's a uh, in-the-know uh, chattering classes, and I'm including myself in this description, a piece of information. As it becomes more and more about blue-collar people, TSA inspectors, for instance, who, who can't pay their child care costs and they can't pay for the gas to commute to work. I mean, a lot of the calling, quote unquote, calling in sick is not just a protest. It's that I got I can't pay for child care for my kid um, as mm-hmm. that narrative grows and grows and grows. And Donald J, for all his faults, is saying, I have an offer on the table. I'm willing to compromise. Can you come and we'll talk and compromise? And Nancy and Chuck stick to no, we won't discuss it at all until you reopen the government. I don't think I don't think middle America is worried about what Trump said a couple of months ago. But right, as long as the squeeze is on, like I was saying, like the, the White House, you're absolutely right. The the White House meeting is it is in the weeds, but that is something that they constantly bring up in fundraising, oh, emails yeah. to supporters, so oh, on sure. and so forth. Sure. But you are right. As long as this, as this continues and people start to actually feel the squeeze, I don't think any amount of, well, he said it was his and, oh, well, it's their problem. It's going to matter at the end. It's just noise. And it's, I don't care who's at fault. Again, it kind of feels like a parent with noisy kids. I don't care who's at fault. Just stop screaming. Right. <laughs> you know, I said that the other day on something I said. If you get in a fight over this, I don't care who started it. We're not going to get to do blank. Right. Doesn't make any difference. 
Just right. it, it right, can't right. happen. Um, uh, duh, I had one more on the other topic because I can't let it go. Here's what is confusing to me. If I'm at the New York Times or the Washington Post and I hate Trump, how do you not recognize that when you get these big stories wrong, you have handed Trump such a tool, such a hammer and given him so much help? How do you not stand in your newsroom and say, people, we can't get any more stories wrong at all or we're going to get Trump reelected? <laughs> Years. I've been saying that for the last three years. I don't know. This is the thing that makes that I find so funny is that you have we have this over and over and over and over again. Newsroom comes up with a big thinly sourced story. Everyone rushes to it. It falls apart. And then Trump goes, see, and then they go, well, how dare you point that out, sir? We try. I'm like, well, look, that worked maybe the first or, or you know, first, second or third time this happened. We're, we're on like the 18th iteration of the story and it keeps happening. And the thing is the problem all these, these stories that are thinly sourced and fall apart, they all go in one direction and they are all yep. stories that point to wrongdoing by Trump. At some point, if this were, this is where the conspiratorial side of me gets engaged. At some point, if these were just honest mistakes, the law of average stated would state that at least one <laughs> would go in Trump's favor. You'd think. None of them do. And then he, all he has to do is come out and go, see, and you're like, well, you make a compelling argument. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Beckett Adams, he's a seeker after truth. Imagine that. Commentary writer for the Washington Examiner. Beckett, it's always fun. Thanks a bunch. Thanks so much. Good to talk to you. You're right. If it's just mistakes, you would think there'd be the occasional go in the other direction. No, it's it's not. It's enthusiasm run wild, and the enthusiasm is entirely to take Trump down. But if you hate Trump, as Jack points out, you're helping him. <laughs> the captain from Captain and Sunil died, what, about a week ago? Yeah. God rest his soul. Oh, and we appreciate his service to our country. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279. Or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.